Oi, where's Fatima? I haven't seen her for a while. She hasn't been in all week. Geez, that's not looking good. She only lasted three days. It's got to be a new record. Should we call the police? Maybe do a welfare check? I just don't know why she wouldn't show up. This job's such a great opportunity for her. Yeah, no, it is a great opportunity, but do you think maybe we threw her in the deep end a bit too quickly? Like, we could have gotten to that induction training you talked about? Nah, that's not it. She just came out of that job-ready training program. And the clue's in the name. She was job-ready. Ready to go. Yeah, but... We still hadn't gotten her a uniform. We put her in charge of running the floor on the second day and she was asking for shifts around when she could pick up her kids. Did we ever sort that out? Sounds like that's all on her. Doesn't seem like she had a very job-ready attitude, does it? Some people just don't want to work and there's not much you can do about it. Anyway, onwards and upwards. Just bring in the next one, will you? We've all heard businesses or governments brag about people being job-ready, but there's so much more to it than just completing a course. I'm Ray Johnston, and this is Getting It Right, a podcast from Jobs Bank which helps you hire with purpose. And when it comes to being job-ready, employers need to play their part too. In season one of Getting It Right, we spoke with an employer named Hayden Hetter. I'm a proud Wiradjuri man, and I'm the managing director for Wamara. Wamara, meaning build, we use that because we're building infrastructure, but more importantly for us, we're building the capabilities of our community. Hayden's company is an Aboriginal-owned construction company. So to ensure his new employees are ready for work, he creates culturally safe work environments and individualised career plans. He's also committed to providing long-term career opportunities for mob. My mother is Aboriginal, as I mentioned, Miradjuri woman, and my dad is Maori, and I've grown up embracing both cultures, and it's definitely... I guess, the start of a pathway to how I've ended up where I am now. I guess I grew up in a very much a, a white society, if, you, if I can say that. Played local sport, had a lot of non-Indigenous friends as well, and doing the role of Aboriginal culture heritage just opened up my eyes and gave me a new appreciation for my culture. I mean, it definitely allowed me an experience and a deeper understanding of how to engage respectfully and why respectful engagement, respectful Aboriginal participation is so important. As a proud Wiradjuri and Māori man, Hayden saw firsthand people within his community being locked out of the job market and decided to do something about it. The perception was that the social procurement framework has created opportunities for all Aboriginal people that are willing and able. And whilst there's a notion of truth to that, that the social procurement framework does provide opportunity, the opportunities just aren't as accessible as what the perception was in government. And where that really came to light for me was coaching an Aboriginal football side in Melbourne called the Fitzroy Stars Football Club, where an incredibly proud Aboriginal football side with 40 plus years of history and supporting about an 80% Aboriginal participation or Aboriginal team. And where the frustration came was that as a coach and as a leader of a football club, I'm seeing all these young men trying to enter the construction industry and they just could not maintain 
steady employment. A lot of them were getting opportunity, but just the way the construction industry is structured, I guess, and heavily utilizing labor hire type of businesses, and they absolutely serve a purpose in our industry. But what it lacked in some cases was continuity. So that was a real light bulb moment for me to say, I've got the ability here to do something. And in some ways I felt responsible. It was my responsibility to do something. And that was really what led me to start this business. Once Hayden noticed that disconnect, he realised there were a few things that he, as the company manager, could do to ensure a smooth transition into the workplace. It's not just about putting new candidates through a one-day job-ready course. So there's three key pillars that I work to, and they're uncompromising. We stick to them because we're true to the core of what we want to achieve. The first pillar is providing continuity of employment. So all of our employees are engaged full-time and ongoing. The second pillar is to provide upskilling for our community. And how we do that is all of our employees, from myself through to our newest entrant, have an individualised career plan. So the career plan is really around capturing the individual's aspirations, whether they're directly relating to our business and the work that we have in hand or whether it's something that they, a behavioural thing that they might want to challenge themselves on or some type of soft skill. And the last pillar, which I think is the most important pillar to the success of our business to this point in time is creating a culturally safe environment. And what that means for us in our business is simply Aboriginal people supporting Aboriginal people. We have a strong mentoring program, a strong peer support program, but we also have a number of non-Indigenous staff within our business also, where we offer cultural awareness training to our non-Indigenous staff and people on the peripheral, just to create that level of understanding of where some of the struggles that Aboriginal people have faced in the past, you know, so from a, from a historical point of view, but also what we can do in regards to unity and collaboration moving forward. But when you're striving to have a more diverse workforce, it can be tricky. And some businesses stumble when they're trying to connect with communities like Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Where I see companies failing is that they're focused on ticking the box and meeting these mandated targets without really understanding what the social outcome is from meeting those targets. Targets can often create a false ceiling. So once you hit the target, there's almost no need to use you anymore. So we're trying to almost educate our clients and and other people within the broader sector that social procurement isn't something we should be scared of. Don't get me wrong, most of our clients, actually I should say all of our clients are on this journey with us and we're seeing that narrative start to change a little bit from, hey, we need to tick the box here to help us tick the box, meet the targets, but exceed the targets and then celebrate the stories. That's Hayden Hetter, a proud Wiradjuri man who's the Managing Director for Wamara. To hear his full story and to get tips from him that can help you expand your hiring pool, listen to the full episode with Hayden on Season 1 of Getting It Right. There's also loads of resources on social inclusion and hiring at JobsBank's Resource Centre at jobsbank.org.au. I'm Ray Johnston. Getting It Right is a podcast from JobsBank and is produced by Deadset Studios. 
This episode was recorded on the unceded lands of the sovereign Darug, Gundungurra, Wiradjuri and Gadigal peoples, produced and edited on the lands of the Turrbal and Jagara people, and we wish to pay our deepest respects to their elders past and present, and ask that you too acknowledge the Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander lands that you're listening from. 